Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Welcome to the NRL Bulldogs Fans Podcast. Uh, I'm Matt and Scott is with me once again. Scott, how are you doing? Yeah, not too bad, I guess. Um, you might notice a bit of a difference in the sound because Scott and I are actually in the same room together for the first time in a, in a long while, at least since we got the new microphone. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this one goes. We've often been doing it through Skype during the COVID lockdown. Yeah, or maybe it's signs of restrictions easing, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> Let's hope so. Let's hope it's what we're doing here, being in the same room doing a podcast, has an effect on the results of the game. I hope it does. <laughs> because it can, winning. It can only go one way. <laughs> 100%. All right. Um, speaking about the games, level loss. Gold Coast Titans last week, 18 points to 14. What are your thoughts? I must say, being at the stadium, it was a ball, it was a snooze fest of a game, wasn't it? Like, right? Yeah, you wouldn't be interested in it if you weren't a dog or a titan, that's for sure. Um, I thought Luke Thompson, no, I thought that was a try. Oh, if I've ever been certain for a try, I, I must not have been the only person who saw it at the game. The Gold Coast were lining up behind the goalpost and the Bulldogs were walking towards the halfway or behind the halfway. They were pretty happy with the try. Everyone seemed to be happy with the try except for the, the referee who... Chris Sutton, who gave it a no try, and also the uh, bunker, which I think was at Maxwell, who yeah, I think so. no try. It's interesting though, because it's one of those situations where I think that if um it wasn't if it wasn't set up as a no try, it would have came back as a try. Mm. His body ends up over the try line. There is a moment where the ball hits the ground; it lifts up off the ground, and then gets placed back down. But his body moved over the try line. He didn't reach forward. He never removed his arm from that cocked position up to his uh, chest or shoulder. So, for mine, it was a try. And um, perhaps would have won us the game. Perhaps, yeah. I mean, Ash Taylor's uh, goal kicking wasn't too good because he only had the one from four on the mm. weekend. Uh, however, the uh, Titans, in a way, in that second half, even though we did score that try for Lachlan Lewis... It never felt like they were going to lose. I felt like they got in a position where they thought, yeah, we scored enough points, let's take our foot off the pedal a little bit, which is something to be said about, our, I reckon, our season, because when the Titans are starting to take the foot off the pedal, when they think they've scored enough points against you, and where the Titans are sitting on the table, obviously higher than us, we can't joke, but when our bottom eight team takes the foot off the pedal against us, jeez. Yeah, and um, it's a good point that you make there. Four tries to the Titans probably shows that they were by, like, Far superior team, so um, they deserve the win. Uh, tries to Nick Meany, Kieran Four, and Lachlan Lewis for us. Uh, Nick Meany only kicking the one from three goals as well. So goal kicking, not the greatest on show on that mm. ground. No, uh, I don't know what's happening with Jake Avrilo because he took a shot, and ever since that Melbourne game when he missed the easy one, he missed another easy one. Nick Meany missed an easy one. Uh, I must say though, uh, the try from the try of the game definitely goes to Anthony Don. The Corey Thompson kick crossfield to the winger from from uh, sideline to sideline. I mean, I know I'm not highlighting the when I highlight the uh, the opposing team we're versing, but that had to, that's a credit to them playing some eyes up football, never giving up towards the end and kicking in crossfield. But uh, must say, I was happy. Lachlan Lewis obviously shifted to the left edge where Kieran Foran is usually playing. I must say, I was pretty happy with Lachlan running the ball. However, Jamal Fogarty, or Fogarty, sorry, Jamal Fogarty, sorry, apologies. My goodness gracious, he got outdone being Lewis's speed going the opposite way. Lewis done him with uh, the slowness, I reckon, and 
he didn't have a good afternoon on the edge, did he, in defence? Because he let Foran go over and Lachlan Lewis go over. That's right, Scott. I don't think there's much more we can really dive into from this game. It's part to say uh, it's a pretty disappointing result. Uh, you've got one thing to say, yeah? Yeah, sorry. The one thing i got to say is that... Uh, for those who were at the uh, Bulldogs and Warriors game would have noticed, like, apologies not knowing his name, there was the actual Parramatta Eels ground announcer doing that game. I don't know if it's a conflict of interest with Steve Allen because <laughs> he's been doing the Warriors home games. The positive there was Steve Allen was back in his uh, hot seat doing what he does best. So that's the only that's one of the only positives. Uh, we'll just go into our players uh, to highlight, and there's not too many, uh, and we'll give our points away. I think we've only got one player to highlight that's not actually getting points at this stage. So I'll jump into it, Scott. Um, I'll, I'll highlight Rudolf Tuamunga, who had 10 runs for 104 metres in the 10 tackles. Not a bad effort, especially in the attack there. But I've given one point to Luke Thompson. 16 runs, 138 metres and 30 tackles. A pretty solid effort um, as far as the work goes. Um, the workhorse goes. Uh, coming off the interchange bench. That's pretty good stats off the bench. And then, but I've given two points to uh, Raymond Fatal, Mariner. 14 runs, 114 metres and 25 tackles. So I'm going to highlight the one point I'm giving it to Aidan Tolman. Uh, played 61 minutes at lock. 14 runs for 138 metres. 39 post-contact metres. Uh, with Tolman, I mean, there was a few times where they suggested uh, where we made a break and then we've gone... Lachlan Lewis to Tolman. I mean, we can we can keep criticizing Tolman all we want, but is there any other player around to putting their hand up to take the run after a after a break? Because I don't really see men much around, or they they're still struggling at the back. So he's deserved of a point, I believe. And I've gone two points, unfortunately, to to the uh, unlucky man Kieran Four, and I thought he was absolutely fantastic uh, in that game. Um, Another argument, if he played on and finished the game, do we win? Not too sure. Uh, he played for 53 minutes. He had one try, one try assist, nine runs for 49 metres. He made two tackle breaks, a line break, and two line break assists. That is a, a, a really good stats for any half at full time, but he only just, he played 53 minutes. So, that was a good game. So an update uh, on the leaderboard, Nick Aiden Tolman joins Nick Manning on 16 points, and Raven Fatala Mariner is on 15 points, that's the top three. Before we move on, Scott, there was a few injuries from the game. Mm. Dylan Napa, uh, a knee injury and a shoulder injury at the same time. The shoulder, the good news is the shoulder, not, not much damage, but he'll be out for the season with the knee injury. At best case scenario, he could be available for the final game. Could be. I don't think they'll be pushing too hard. I think he'll be now getting him ready and nice and 100% fit for the November first week of November for training. But Kieran Foran... His career could be over. His career, I was actually going to build up to his Bulldogs career being over, then his career. But yeah, the torn pick, never a good injury. It was interesting one watching that. I don't know if you picked it up because I know you weren't at the, the game. I just saw Kieran Foran walking off the sideline. I saw him come off the tackle. And when he was walking around the sideline, I couldn't see anything obvious with his injury. At one stage, I was thinking instantly at first, I thought he was interchanged off. <laughs> but as he got closer to the sheds, yeah. photos showed that he was grabbing at that arm. So you could see it would have been a shoulder or a torn pec. He didn't show much anguish for a torn pec because that's season again. And uh, as you said, career could be over. Like, could be it for him. 
This week we take on the Manly Seagulls, 6pm Friday. We've got our tickets. We hope to see you guys all there. Um, capacity, 10,000 this week. So let's hope we can get as many in as we can. They sent an email out to all the members uh, earlier in the week stating that. We'll go through that email. It's got a bit of uh, news topic in there too. Uh, what are you expecting this week though, Scott? Well, I was watching the Manly vs Tigers. I do watch the... The team we're versing next quite closely. Well, I watch every game anyway. But anyway, <laughs> Manly versus Tigers. I thought that young Morgan Harper was a striker on the uh, right edge for the Seagulls, the young former Bulldog centre. Um, what I expect from Manly, they got points there. The defence is where I think their weakness is, uh, where they can land in points. Unfortunately, our attack is where our Achilles heel hits. Um, so I expect Manly, to be honest, to run away with a quite comfortable win, despite having a... Very young backline. The one to five is quite young and inexperienced, mm. but I still expect Manly to have too much points and probably do it quite comfortably. Yes, unfortunately, that's the way I see it as well. Um, a, bit, a few surprises in the team, was Scotty. Jake Avrillo is named at 5'8". Um, Jada Lockenball back onto the wing. I didn't think he'd play again this year, especially after everything that happened. He's outside the bubble. He's going to come back into the bubble, get his fitness back up uh, after he was reinstated to the team. So, a bit of an interesting decision there. It was interesting. The one thing I'm interested in, with the way the team is like, it's like a merry-go-round or... A, I don't know. It is. We spoke about it last week. We don't really... Can't really see what they're trying to do, so it's bizarre. Mm, and I just want to say, like, you look at the players. Like, the Jake, everyone, I, I like it. I mean, he's a, he's a freak. Put him in the back line as... Uh, put him in the back line of centre wing or... Play him in the halves. He's got all the skills. He's got all the the attributes to be a good half as well. So I mean, worth a shot. Uh, you know he's going to run, and I think if it might actually be a good combination of Lachlan Lewis, where Lachlan doesn't like to run, where Jake can do a lot of the running. However, I'm just confused. Like the people, like the thing I'm confused about because Wakem was back on the interchange bench. If if you saw that, yeah, on the interchange bench. So the Cogger Wakem Lewis, Lewis gets the axe. Cogger comes in and shows some promising signs of attack. He gets the axe after poor kicking game. Lewis comes in, plays two ba- two games where it's been, eh. Coach has admitted the poor kicking game, stays at halfback. Wakeham, who's not been named in the 21 for weeks, gets the interchange bench. Cogger, who's been in the 21 or, even, or in the side, is not in the 21. I don't know what to, as a player, like just putting yourself in a player's point of view where you see yourself in what pecking order... Yeah, I don't know how they can, what they can do. Bizarre situation. I think we might leave it there, Scotty, and get into some uh, club news in a sec. All right, Scott. Not a hell of a lot, a lot of news going around, but there has been some news regarding coaching next year. We've we've heard a name of a new assistant coach that's been hired, um, Craig Sandercock. Now, he's uh, working up at Newcastle at the moment. He's been an assistant coach at the Cronulla Sharks before. He's been the head coach of the whole KR. Uh, between 2012 and 2014, 77 games, 31 wins, three draws, and 43 losses for 40%. Uh, what's your opinion on this announcement? Hey, it's interesting because it's hard to to uh, really judge an assistant coach that we really haven't heard of. You don't really get to see them behind the scenes. The head coach gets all the rewards when they're winning and gets all the blame if they're losing, and you don't see the hard work. The only time I've ever seen an assistant coach get the really... High reps like they are as Trent Barrett this year, to be honest. But uh, Craig Fitzgibbon, uh, well, I think Trent Barrett started the praise. Jason yeah. Riles, 
Jason Riles, no. uh, Craig Bellamy Williams at Brisbane. Mm. There's been a few, but they're rare, yeah. Yeah, so um, I think we've got to put full faith in Trent Barrett and we've got to say we're going to back him. We said on the podcast before, are we sure he was the right man or would we make that decision? We actually answered the question with no, he probably wouldn't have. We probably would have chased after a few others. However, Trent Barrett's been hired and we said we would back him and give him a fair go. So if uh, Trent thinks Craig Sindercock's the right move for the club, I, I mean, we don't even know if it's a defensive coach or an attacking coach because we don't get the yeah. the sights on the well, scenes. We'll probably learn more in November. We'll see how that plays out a bit yeah. later. The other loser around coaching is Phil Gould has urged former New South Wales playmaker Trent Barrett to walk away from his deal with the Bulldogs as head coach due to a toxic mess that's engulfing the club. Trent Barrett has since reaffirmed uh, his commitment to the Bulldogs, saying, I'm 100% committed. Andrew Hill and the board have been nothing but supportive and very professional. I'm all in and looking forward to it. Part of me really hates what Gus is saying. One of our pet peeves and Gus's pet peeves is a player signing a contract and not fulfilling it or doing it. So for Gus to encourage a coach to uh, do do this when he's already signed up a, a while back now, we've known Trent Barrett for a while, even before he signed, that he's probably going to be the head coach. Uh, so I do have a problem with that. But you couldn't also, in a way, blame Trent Barrett if he's feeling a bit nervous or a bit anxious coming across. He's going from the, uh, the table toppers to the, swell- the cellar dwellers So in uh, 2021. So he's gone from all top of the world... He, Got a great side at Penrith. He's been given the raps between Nathan Cleary's and Jerome Lewis' exceptional form this year in the halves. Um, now he's going to go into a, a team where there's no real names in the halves. Players are still trying to find their way. Uh, a lot of debate from the media who the right halves are. And so there's going to be a lot of pressure instantly. We um, And uh, and there'll be pressure straight away if that he did this to Nathan Cleary. You could already hear the articles, see the articles being written, what, look what he's going to do to Lachlan Lewis or... Braden Wakem already, or if Jack Hogg is staying, what he'll do to them. So, part of me hates it, but you can understand the reasoning behind why Gus would say that. 100%. Um, you don't want to agree with Gus, but it's true at the moment, isn't it? Uh, with all the all stuff happening in and around the club. Uh, toxic may be a bit harsh, but uh, you see where he's coming from. Uh, but I'm impressed by Barrett with his reaffirmation there that he's committed to the club. Yeah, it's always it's good to see. I mean, another drama we need to have is a, a coach. If a coach walks out on us for next year before he starts, we've gone through the the real lows, low of the season. We've lost a we lost a head coach. We put in an uh, interim coach who put his hand up from the get go, saying he wants to coach the Bulldogs. To be found out like a week or two later that he's not getting the job, nor is he staying at the Bulldogs. Then him admitting in press conferences and answering questions after the game about the Cowboys' role, which is bizarre. It's been one of those years where our football's that bad <laughs> that we care what Steve Jondalis or Trent Barrett's doing next more than their, what the actual what we thought about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, um, Scotty, we've been pretty critical of some decisions made by the club uh, um, over the last couple of weeks and a couple of decisions, decisions that uh, we obviously don't agree with. Um, last week's episode was us basically having a bitch about a few just different decisions. Um, maybe it was a bit more than that. We had a couple of reasons why, obviously, and some grounding behind it. But um, I'm going to give the club a big round of uh, applause this week for reaching out to the members by email and giving us an update on the business side 
of the game. Now, I'm not going to read the entire article, but it starts off by saying there's no denying that season 2020 has been a tough one for the Bulldogs family. And while results over the past few games have not gone our way, there can be no denying that the team is putting in, which is true. We haven't been blown off the field too much. Um, several of the games have resulted in close losses. Uh, we're just unable to finish off games. And we need we know that we need to improve across the board as a club to deliver our goals of returning to the top of rugby league. So um, there's a few things in here that I agree with, Scott. There's a few things that I uh, wasn't too, uh, disagree with. I just thought it was unneeded. But um, they make the point that 2021 is the first year that this board will have complete control over the salary cap, both the top 30 and the development squad. So from here on out, they're being judged on what they do and not something they inherited. Mm, uh, that's a, it's a big call, but uh, I think it's because now they've put they've put it in there they've put it in the email, they've made it clear that this is the first year. Um, we can say how long can you blame previous managers for that sort of thing going on Twitter where people argue and it's Des and Ray Lean and Ray Dib, and but how long can you blame old man? They've put a time frame that next year, in twenty twenty two is the year where they start recruiting, they get the players. None of this stuff. They've got the full cap in front of them to play with, so they at least put their hand up and said, "Next year's on us." I think you've rounded that off really well. Um, financial update: They say it's fantastic to be able to report that the football club has come through an incredibly challenging COVID nineteen period in a strong position, and are on target to post a healthy profit on the twenty twenty profit and profit and losses. So um, congratulations to the club for that during these COVID times. It goes on to say, um, in what has been a tough challenge for all businesses, we've managed to navigate the landscape through early action, careful planning, and budgetary constraints to protect the long-term viability of the club. It needs to be stated that our monthly grant from the Canterbury Leagues Club had stopped in March by mutual decision. Uh, I was unaware of that, Scotty. Mm. Uh, the league club... The league club stopped trading at that point and had to undergo its own operational review, which makes sense. Both clubs have worked closely together through these challenging times, as you would expect, and are stronger for it. Uh, this, this meant that as a football club, we had to operate with no grant in recent months, so it's great to be able to report that we are on track for a surplus this year, despite the challenging situation. Credit to everyone involved in the finance team and Andrew Hill, the CEO. Uh, the most amazing thing is we want to... Um, Thank the 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 members who have pledged their support, who have came out to the club, pledged their membership, not asked for a refund, and those members who might have not actually pledged their support but didn't ask for a refund to the uh, for the Bulldogs, they might have not have actually put it in official writing or putting it there, but they are as important as the people who have put it down, saying you know what you can have my twenty twenty membership fee. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, some families have been impacted. A lot, so they needed the refund. So you can't blame them for asking for the money or partial part of the money because, for some people, it got really tight. And we've I've been on the lucky end of it, unfortunately yeah. for myself. So, yeah. uh, so well done to everyone involved. Well done to all the the members and fans giving away their dollars to the club and those who actually even went on the extra step and donated to the football club. So a big round of applause. The club needed it. Uh, yeah, the new Bulldog Foundation. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a round of applause for everyone. Uh, and all those who are buying things online from the team store, even like whatever it is, big or small. Like now that you mention that, I've just realised we haven't actually spoke about the Bulldogs Foundation on here. So maybe we'll uh, look into that a little bit more and do a bit of a deep dive into that in the following episode. 
Sweet, I'm writing it down for next week. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, look forward to that one. Uh, there was a football update as well. So uh, they say that a number of tough decisions have been taken this season, including the decision to part ways with head coach Dean Pay. So I think a lot of this is not going to be real news to us. But anyway, um, we'll also see several players finish up their time at the Dogs this year. Uh, it's important to thank those departing for their tremendous efforts on behalf of the club during their time. Uh, every player who wears a Bulldogs jumper deserves our respect for competing in the toughest game of all. 100% back that. Uh, we now welcome Trent Barrett as new head coach of 2021. Everyone's behind Trent as he looks uh, to take over at the start of the preseason. We've also welcomed uh, interla- English international Luke Thompson, Tim Lafay, re-signed Raymond Fatalamara, Adam Elliott and Brendan Wakem and seen the return of Jaden Ockenball. In addition, we welcome exciting state of origin back Nick Kotrick to Belmore next season. And then it goes on to say an interesting part for well, for mine anyway, Scott. We have a number of spots to fill within our roster for 2021 and announcements around these players will be made in the coming months. So a bit of excitement for us there to look forward to. Yeah, do, do we know who's departing or, do, or they've been fun? Like, it looks like it's been finalised that they've already tapped on the shoulder to certain players. Yeah, well, We've, there's talk about Tolman, Foran's probably gone. Yeah, but... Uh, like, Holland's announced his elf. Well, Holland's announced his retirement because he's got he's no a, options. Also, Unfortunately, unfortunately, yeah, he's a good he's a good guy. So I wish him nothing but the best. But it would have been interesting to see the departing because a lot of the times we've noticed you actually have to go to the final home game yeah. to get confirmation when they do like a tribute video. So I would I thought it'd be a good opportunity maybe to. Well, there was one year we said goodbye to Michael Leach and resigned. <laughs> Are you saying this could be an Aiden Tolman? No, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying that's the that's the form at the moment. Uh, it goes on to say that uh, it's been pleasing to see... Uh, you done there? Yeah. No, sorry. <laughs> Look on your face there. I thought you had more. Uh, <laughs> it's been pleasing to see the NRL debut of two local juniors, Jake Avarillo and Matt Dory, this season as we continue to look to become a club that can develop talent uh, from our own junior football and Bulldogs Buffaloes. Is he a Bulldogs junior? I've heard he was Parramatta. Played for Westfields, oh. Westfields oh. High. No, so he came through the development. Like, we signed him young. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay, so... Uh, perhaps, uh, they might mean that he played SG ball. Yeah, we ball signed young, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, We're also uh, delighted to see the continual development of our women's teams. Now, this is really exciting. Having representative teams in the Lisa Fayola, the Tara, uh, the Tasha Gale, rather, in the Harvey Norman competition has been crucial for creating pathway opportunities for girls coming through the system and we are hopeful of being able to operate an NRLW side in years to come. You heard that first on the NRL Bulldogs fans podcast interview with Lynn Anderson at the start of the year. Yeah, she did mention it. It was it was a massive goal and part of their business plan to have an NRLW side. Yeah. And so much so, she stated that if she can, she will have as many games as possible. And ANZ, well, Bulldogs home games. I've just put ANZ there. Uh, just, uh, just do all the games there, yeah. Yeah, well, but, no, but just to have them before the men's game. Yeah. And there's going to be a massive push. No, no, no. The men's game kicks off at 7.30. No, no, no. But we're going to be here at 5.00. Because yeah. at 5.15 the girls are playing. And I've got a real feeling, and this is what something that Lena Anderson was passionate about, very passionate about, something she spoke, and you could hear it in her voice in our podcast that at the start of the season, when we were watching her, because we did that via Skype, you could see her face, her mm. reactions changed to this. It was something I think Lena Anderson, we could have went on the hour and a half of how we're going to get one and all that. If, But this, I really think, if, especially if we've got the current board and Lena Anderson's involved in this, I think we actually have a, and the way that NRLW grows, and if we can get it starting when the NRL season, sometime, and obviously NRL season's not going to start straight away with the NRL season, but even if it's like round 20, and there's a couple of Bulldogs games, I've got a really good feeling the Bulldogs will push this, 
and push this hard, which is I'm all for, and I've got a real feeling that the fans are going to buy into it straight away, cheering, booing, whatever, like you'd see in an arrow game. So, well, who so. are the teams at the moment? We've got the Warriors, we've got the Broncos, we've got the Roosters and the Dragons. Mm. So there's no Western City representative, and that's what we're pushing for, mm-hmm. uh, through what Lynn was saying. Um, next topic, Scotty, the partnership formed with the Mounties Club. Now, we weren't off our heads about this. We weren't happy at all, but this is what they've updated us with. Uh, we recently decided to form a partnership with the Mounties Club, that we believe will provide a great pathway for all boys and girls from junior level to the NRL and NRLW. There it is again. Mm. So you can see how serious it is. As a part of that joint venture with Mounties, uh, or Mounties will represent the Bulldogs in the Kittery Cup and Harvey Lawman Women's Premierships, while the junior men's, which is Harold Matthews, SG Bull and Jersey Fleck, and women's teams, Lisa Fiola and Tasha Gale, will remain under the banner of the Bulldogs. Goes on to say, with the recent impact of COVID-19 and the pressure that's been put on clubs to look at different ways to achieve outcomes, we felt that partnering with a club that has over 150,000 members and a tremendous infrastructure such as the Mounties will create combined resources that will help create success while easing a significant cost burden in the current COVID-19 environment. So, in layman's terms, it's a financial decision. Well, that's what you said. Well, when they said they made a surplus, I wonder if the, the cup... Yeah, making profit, it'll go on. Well, is that yeah. the cut of the cup? Like, if we the New South Cup played this season, yeah. or played a partial season, like you said the Bears doing the President's Cup, I know there's no yeah, NRL good, teams, yeah. but if the cup continued at a rate like the NRL did, or even less, would have we made a profit? Because if we... If cup, you know, there's no real profit there. You've got to send the players... Yeah, it's a developmental, yeah. Yeah. So, would have we made a profit? That's the next question. If the, the Canterbury Cup was being played this season. There you go. It says as uh, part of the partnership... Uh, actually, before we get on to that, 150,000 members for Mounties. That makes them the biggest club membership team in Australia, including all NRL teams. They've got more members than NRL clubs. Now, I know they're referring to the league club members, but uh, the first time I read this, I was, that doesn't count. Leeds Club members don't count. Uh, we don't count uh, Leeds Club members as NRL members anymore, remember? Well, that's so I, I think it's a bit misleading, that bit. Well, yeah, but, I mean, for a, a cup side... I'm not saying anyone expected Mounties to have 150,000 paying members for the football club, but I'm just saying that is a bit misleading um, when you read it. Well, my biggest concern is next year is does your Bulldogs membership get you into the New South Wales Cup game? Get into Mounties leagues to watch the football, yeah. I know. Question for another day, I guess. That is. Uh, we'll have to get Lou Anderson on early next year to give us some answers. Uh, it says, as, as a part of that partnership, uh, so this is something I didn't quite like. To, if I was a Mounties fan or involved with Mounties, I wouldn't like this part. As part of the partnership, we have been able to appoint former Bulldog great. So we have been able to appoint former Bulldog great Mick Potter to coach the Mounties side next season. And he will be working closely with Coach Trent Barrett to look after the transition of players into the NRL. Now, that happens all the time uh, through New South Wales Cup to NRL teams. Happens in partnerships between the Roosters and the Bears. JT uh, doesn't have a job at the Roosters anymore, does he? But he does through the affiliation of the yeah. Bears. I thought he gave up his assistant coach job at the Roosters yeah. to take head coach of the Bears. But through his Bears head coaching job, he has that affiliation. Yeah. And he basically does like a bit of kicking training, goal kicking training, which I, I don't think is an official job. Yeah. It's just the fact that well, he's out of the bubble now, actually, but he does a bit of work with the Bears. Ah, oh, the Roosters in that way while doing all his full-time... He's actually a full-time New South Wales Cup coach, which yeah. is pretty cool. But as a Mounties fan, 
I don't know how I'd feel about another club appointing my head coach of the highest cl- highest team of, in my club. Yeah, that's an interesting one because yeah. with the North Sydney one, as my understanding, and having a link there in the past, the North Sydney Bears is that actually when they were when they the Roosters partnership came, yeah. it, North Sydney reached out to Jason Taylor. Yeah. Jason Taylor then said, "I'll have to wait until the next year." Can't go now, which is fair because they're playing, still playing. Yeah. Uh, Jason Taylor checked if it was all right with Trent Robertson, still having that connection, the link, bang, 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 and everyone went, "Yeah, yeah." It was like a reach out. Can you do it, Jason Taylor? Having a mm. a Bears player coming back to the Bears, but also for the Roosters, what a link! So what you're saying is that the Bears wanted to hire Jason Taylor, the head coach, but he already had a link to the Roosters. Yeah. So the Roosters didn't hire Jason Taylor to coach the Bears. The no. Bears coached. The Bears hired Jason Taylor to coach the Bears. It's just nice that he already had a link with the Roosters. Yeah, so yeah. pretty much, yeah. And they reached out to him. He then made sure it was all good with them. Yeah. Uh, Trent Robinson, who already had a contract with the Roosters the following year, knowing Jason Taylor a little bit. And he was able to negotiate, and they said, yeah, go to the Bears. That way you still got the partnership with the Roosters, and you're now developing a future. And Trent Robinson's obviously got a massive rap on Jason Taylor as a coach, so who better than to have the person you trust more? to develop your next line of NRL stars. Absolutely. Now, the question I have, really glad, is why isn't the Kennebury Cup team just the Bulldogs then? Well, why can't we hire Mick Potter, the coach, the Bulldogs, in the Kennebury Cup? Yeah, I like, one thing I'm excited about with Mick Potter, I didn't actually know about this until the email, because I've, I've never seen these emails from the club. <laughs> but I think I get about five of them. <laughs> four to one, please. Yeah, Mick man. Potter... Yeah. I mucked around earlier and said we needed a coach and we put him as an old dog. So I'm excited in that section. That, <laughs> like, Because I thought he did exceptionally well at the Bradford Bulls. Was he not receiving payment at some sort of stage while he was coaching? Like he was a volunteer head coach at one stage for a short period of time? Yeah, the be- uh, the best. The Bulls have been in and out of uh, administration a few times the last couple of years. So yeah, that's probably the case. Yeah. yeah, so it shows the character of the guy. Yeah. Shows he's an absolute legend. Obviously, the Bulldogs are paying his wages, but it looks like that. The way it looks like we have been able to manage. Yeah. Not sounds like I know it says we. Wasn't like, in a partnership. It wasn't the Mounties. Yeah. It was we. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, the partnership. The, the Mounties should have said, with the Mounties, we thought Mick Potter's the best thing. Mick Potter, I think, is a great coach. I think it was a great decision to coach. Well, he did really well with uh, Fiji as well. Yeah, I think this is a great decision to coach. But like you said, why can't he be Mick Potter, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs coach, or? If we're going to link with another club being affiliated with the, the Canterbury area, the Canterbury district. Yeah, I think that's a disappointing part, eh? It would be nice to be affiliated with a... Like, we had the Bankstown City Bulls. Um, mm. And then, like, yeah. Or, or any junior club already playing in the Canterbury, Bankstown junior area. Mm. Except for probably St George. <laughs> except for the St George Dragons. Uh, it would be more acceptable to the members and fans than Mounties. Even though they are in that Liverpool sort of area. It just, but the weird thing is, I think very deep into this. Yeah. I, I think you're going to call me an idiot in a second. But like, it's going to get to a stage where NRL players obviously dropping back, they train, they've got to now go from, well, I assume from Belmore to the Mounties. If not, they might be all making all the Mounties play to come to Belmore. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's like, the figure. Are they just going to train out of Belmore? Are they going to be the Canterbury based at Bulldogs for all intensive purposes, except for the weekend where they put on that hideous black and gold thing? But the other thing is, with us being a fan of the Bears, I've seen my name some of the Roosters players yeah. that have walked in with the Roosters shirt. One in particular, and Jason Taylor lost his cool. 
You're playing yeah. for the Bears. You wear the Bears stuff. Yeah. You, you got, we've given you a Bears bag. We've given you a Bears polo. We've given this. This is not acceptable. And Trent Robinson backed him 100%. If you're playing for the Bears, you're being a Bears player this weekend. Mm. It's going to be interesting. Like It's just going to be a weird one where... Mounties contracted players yeah. who are playing week in, week out or wherever they can depending on players dropping back and forth into the club. It's going to turn up. You're going to have some people I reckon rock up with the Mounties polo because they're not a thing. And then you're going to see people like Christian Crichton is contracted next year mm. if he's not playing top grade. Uh, you'll potentially Wakeham's and so on and so much more players dropping back wearing, I could see them wearing the Bulldogs polo pretty much then changing into the Mounties top. And I don't know, if you're going to do this properly, you've also got to do it properly both ways. It's got to work both ways as well, and I don't think it's going to from the Mounties' point of view. Fair enough. I think the only difference to point out is the difference between Pipeneg with someone like the Mounties. Um, there's another club out there too. Can't think of its name, though. But that's the difference between partnering someone with the Mounties and partnering with a former NRL club mm. with the Bears. I suppose you're right. Okay, it goes on uh, to say that the final two games of the season will be at ANZ Stadium, which we already know. Uh, stay tuned uh, for 2021 memberships, corporate packages. Uh, however, uh, it says, I wanted to take the chance to encourage members and hospitality partners to get to one of or both of our remaining two home games in 2020 uh, at ANZ Stadium. Permitted up to 10,000 in the stadium under COVID distancing protocols and the board and the management but more importantly, the team would love to see us reach that capacity for a final home game of the season against the Panthers. That would be a fairly positive way, a fairly good way to finish off a pretty disappointing season. Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I don't see it without Panthers' help, and I know it sounds sad. We've had, what, about 2,500 people pledge their support? Only so many little numbers ask for their money back, so you probably could get it if you ask every member to come, but I've got a feeling that we need Panthers. Well, People that aren't members could buy tickets as well after the window closes. Oh, sweet. So, But I yep. feel like there'll be a lot of Panthers fans there as well. Yeah, the, maybe the Panthers. We might have to make sure that we get our tickets in the window for sure that week. Might be packed out by Penrith. Yeah, well, they're, they're on the 10,000 Penrith uh, fans in the stadium. Um, Lordy Group to be uh, our major sponsor. Our sponsorship team has worked tirelessly for several months to secure a major partner in the most uncertain economic environment ever known. A fact that has been demonstrated in recent weeks with a number of NRL clubs losing major sponsors. Really good thing we didn't bring up when we found out the major sponsor. It's a hospitality industry. If there's any... It sells rooms, well, mainly pub feed, a bit of a drink, a bit of a good time to hang out with your mates. That is industry has been hurt more than any other industry, I think. Like... Uh, there's certain parts people yeah. go retail industry and I go no because some retail's actually gone stronger in this period of time <laughs> the essential retail yeah. yeah but no more has been hurt more but also <laughs> went to the to the game recently thought we'll take a quick look at the locker room we took a walk in with the group I was with we took a quick look the guy at the front wearing a bulldog jersey I thought he was going to the game no he's a worker at the locker room which is, one of the, which is one of the hotels yeah. chained to the thing. So the Look, workers are wearing Bulldog jerseys. I didn't see many, but I saw about two of them. Yeah, he was the COVID, COVID sorry safety marshal. Yeah, in the 2020 away jersey, but with the major sponsor because you can get the major sponsor also get the major sponsor printed on your jersey this year yeah, yeah. if you want to. Yeah, 
But he had it on nice and proud. I thought he was a fan with a vest for some reason. <laughs> I thought he might have been really COVID safe. Like, you know, like, get out of the way. You can see me in the stadium. But we had a chat with him. Yeah. And the staff, particularly this guy, we didn't get his name, young man on Saturday afternoon at the game, outside the locker room, sorry, absolute perfect customer service. So I encourage all members if they get a chance of one of the two remaining home games. Yeah. Even if you just stop, even for a nice glass of Coke, to think I made just one. Even if you don't want to have a drink or anything, you can't afford the extra food, just stop for a nice little soft drink refreshment even on the way back or forward to the game. Yeah, and I'm sure that they offer Coke Zero for the people that don't want to die of sugar but want to die of sweetener. Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it doesn't matter. Yeah, they do that. <laughs> um, the weirdest request was someone asking, do you sell Tui's new? And they responded with a expletive, yes. <laughs> like, so they got all the good beer there as well if you like a Tui's. Sounds <laughs> like our type of place. Uh the part I didn't think that was needed in here, Scott, is that they've added on a fact that has been demonstrated in recent weeks with a number of NRL clubs losing major sponsors. I don't know why that's needed in the article. In one of the clubs, the only club I've heard of, so I might have missed something, but the only club I've heard of lost a major sponsor is the Canberra Raiders with Huawei. And you'd have to be living under a rock if you don't know that there's more to that um, from an international government uh, mm. relation point of view. Than just uh, sponsoring an NRL club. Yeah, that's the real reason. It, yes. just ha- it just happens to be in this pandemic at the same time. Cronulla Sharks. Yeah. But their sponsor's contract expires at the season's end. Yeah. They're not renewing it. Yeah. They never said it was anything to do with COVID or anything. Yeah. I mean, we can assume it could be, but also a contract expires. That happens all the time in NRL. There's only so many times a business can put themselves at the front. Yeah. They might have reached what they were going for. And now people will know their name for a while. See, I don't count that as losing a major sponsor, though. That deal has come to an end. Mm. The Wowie's come to an end by mutual agreement, apparently. Mm. Um, it's These clubs haven't... I don't see them as losing major sponsors unless if they show up next to you with a clean jersey on the front. Mm. If, no. they, if they show up next to you with uh, a new major sponsor on the front of their jersey, they've got a major sponsor. Losing a major sponsor is us last year, twice, or <laughs> the last year, this year. Yeah. With Kia, we didn't lose them as a sponsor. They're still a proud sponsor of the Bulldogs. They're the, yeah, they're major corporate. sponsor, yeah. Uh, they left for Brisbane to be in the major sponsor, but they still yeah, sponsor our our community team, which, yeah. is, which is awesome. But the Rashes, yeah, that is a loss of a sponsor there, where we couldn't even feel it for a, a long time. So that's a loss. Yep. It goes on to say, as it was uh, thrilling to recently announce that Lordy Hotels, a long-term member of our Bulldogs family, as our new major partner, the Lordy family have been wonderful friends and supporters for, of the club for decades, and their success story is one that we should all be proud of. They've had an initial base at Twin Willows Hotel in Bass Hill. Family business has grown to over 60 venues across Australia. This partnership is a great fit for our club, and we look forward to a long and successful relationship that delivers benefits for all. And I'll tell you what, at this stage, it does seem like a really great fit, uh, apart from our concerns there about that industry copping a, a hit. But mm. anyway, Arthur Laundy um, uh, recently said that he's excited about what the future holds at the Bulldogs. They have looked to restore old values and are heading towards a new beginning. I can sense a real desire to get the club back on top, and that's something that I'm really looking forward to being a part of. Fantastic. Uh, Adam Elliott raised over $10,000 for autism. Uh, you may have recently seen the blue hair uh, at Sidewise and Games and all that sort of stuff. He made a pledge to dye his hair blue if people donated to the cause. And to back him up, his dad and brother James decided to join him. 
He raised over ten thousand dollars for the network. Uh, what an inspiration! Yeah, is it a nicer guy at Members Day than his current s- s- squad? The Adam Elliott always has a chat, dyeing his hair blue. That's a big call for many people. Uh, he's he's young, uh, I think it's his younger brother who's got autism, so it's a passion. He's something he's passionate about. He's such a top bloke. I mean, keep the beer away. <laughs> but apart from that, he's a good guy. And uh, well done to him. A massive Keep Bill Diamond away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scotty, I think we're done for this week's episode. Unless if there's uh, something that you've seen that I've missed. No, the, <laughs> I was going to muck around and I didn't get to prep as much this week for our traditional episode. Old Dog, yeah. Watch old out dog. for Old Dog next week. But I was going to say Old Dog Morgan Harper is a bit of a tongue-in-cheek. <laughs> <laughs> tongue-in-cheek. There's your connection. Yeah. <laughs> Played uh, what? Two, one, two games for the dogs. <laughs> one off the interchange bench. <laughs> And now he's playing for Melee. One game. This is his second one this week, actually. And, and he came off a double. Yeah, I know. Congratulations to Morgan Harper for getting his first try. And then his second try <laughs> in the NRL. Uh, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm not sure actually how long we've gone for tonight, Scott. But anyway, uh, it is what it is. Uh, hope to see you guys Friday evening, 6pm at ANZ Stadium. And next week, hope to be talking about a victory for the first time in what feels like a very long time. See you guys next time.